For everything you want to know about real estate, it's time to take action. Schedule today. Ron and Don sit down.com is the way. Hey, you guys. Are you ready for the best show in the Pacific Northwest? Here's my dad to his boyfriend and wing friend. Hey, you guys. What's going on? It's episode 153, a special holiday edition of the Ron and Don Show, live from the Les Schwab Studios. He's Ron Upshaw. I'm Don O'Neill. And, of course, we are licensed brokers at Windermere, and there's a lot going on in the market right now, you guys. So if you need to talk to us, Let's talk. We do something called the Ron and Don Sit Down. Yeah, you can find out more at ronanddonsitdown.com. Here's the cool thing is we have all the resources for you. So if you're like, hey, guys, I want to move in three years. And we just had some clients, a friend of ours, they, they sold their place here in Seattle, moved to Palm Springs. We can help you with that. Other people are like, hey, I got an investment property. I don't know if we want to hang on to it anymore. We're thinking about getting rid of it. Can you guys help us? Yes, we can help you. We have some folks who are in a condo. They just got married. They want to move to a house. We can help you with that. So whatever your scenario is, start things off at ronadonsitdown.com. Send us your info and address, and we will schedule a Zoom call with you. Yeah, they actually moved into my house. Things are a little tight, but we're going <laughs> work through it. Uh, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, CDC is saying, uh, hey, states... Let's get prepared now. COVID-19, we're going to have a vaccine November 1. Hmm, what else happens the first part of November? Whatever. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting, yeah. Also, uh, private security hired by Seattle Parks uh, to clear Cal Anderson Park. Uh, They were hired because, I guess, they didn't want the police department there anymore. And private security, I believe, was run from the park. And now they don't want to go back. So who is going to police Cal Anderson Park and parks like it here in the city of Seattle, not only Seattle, but all around the country. People talk about defunding the police, dismantling the police. But I guess what we're finding out is really not that easy to do. Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. Seattle opens 550 child care slots. What's going on with child care slots? I thought COVID-19 was going on here and we look at the Seattle School District, and they said, hey, we, we need all the kids to stay at home. It's not safe for them to be in the classroom, right? This I, you got to help me understand this because I don't have a child. So the way that I am reading this is we can't go to public schools. So public schools are not open. Uh, we're not in the classroom. And so people are doing remote learning. So that part I get because we're in a pandemic. However, so I go to the Puget Sound Business Journal. I see this article. The city of Seattle and Mayor Jenny Durkin have said, we're going to open up 550 child care slots at community centers around the city. And depending on your economic status and background, you could be eligible for a 90% reduction in cost to care for your child while you are out working. And then in these community centers, they are also going to be remote learning centers. So if it's not safe to go to a school, how is it now safe to go to a community center. And I'm, I'm not I'm not saying that this is a bad idea. I think as we talked about in the last episode, and we're on Labor Day right now, so celebrating the, the rights of labor workers, if you have to work to support your family, you need child care. I get that. But if it's not safe to be in school, how is it safer to be at child care at a community center? Yeah. Here's, here's what I saw today. I went to my son's elementary school, 
And it's an elementary school that's not going to be open. Out on the playground, there were 500 kids playing. What? None of them had masks on. Because all the kids were asked to come to school today with their parents. So that's where I went with my son. I had to go there because I had to get a laptop. I can't use my own laptop. I have to use a laptop that the district's going to give me in order to do remote learning. In order to do this, the teachers were standing in different doorways of his elementary school, and they had bags and laptops that they were handing out to the kids. They were in mass. Uh, some of the kids were in mass when they said hi to the teacher who was standing over on the other side of the table. The principal was there. Uh, the teachers were there. And then the kids for hours upon hours, because they haven't seen each other in six months, they're all playing out on the playground. So, so the kids are playing with no masks? No masks. No, they're, oh they got God. their bikes out there. They're making ramps. They're jumping. I bet they're having a ball. All However, the, <laughs> all the playground equipment that's supposed to be closed down wasn't closed. And, and so what I didn't Was get, there anybody monitoring this? The play, the play well, game? then you had a bunch of kids come over from middle school. So all the middle school kids are over there, too. So you got the middle school kids. You got the elementary school kids. So you talk about a super spreader event. What doesn't make sense to me is let's have a day. And it, today, it was between 245 and 345. There's over 500 children to go to this elementary school. All the children were there. A parent or, or two parents were there. All the teachers were there. And then you had kids that came over uh, from the middle school that were there. So if we're really concerned, if we're really concerned about COVID-19, and that's the reason why kids are staying at home, this didn't make any sense to me. And in fact, when I go up on his playground, uh, we went there up there yesterday. There's lots of kids on the playground. Nobody has a mask on. Uh, and the kids are out there playing. And it's important. It is really important that kids play, that kids connect with each other, especially for my only lonely, right? I want to make sure that he's around other kids. It's pretty, it's, it, it, it's pretty alarming if you're a parent. I have a friend named Jamie. She, she cuts hair for a living. She's 38 years old. She has a daughter. And she has been at home and she's been on unemployment and she's beginning to lose her business and her clientele. And she's like, in order for me to go back and save my business, I have to go and I'm going to have to go start, start cutting hair again. But here's the problem. Last, 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 last year, what the Seattle School Public District, what the Seattle School District said is, hey, just give, it, give this your best shot. And if you can't do it, don't worry about it. Not everything's mandatory. We treated it as if every assignment was mandatory. We did it all. There's other kids and other families that just completely checked out and didn't do the work and just disappeared. I know a family that went on vacation. I've never heard from them. They weren't there today, and I don't know if they're coming back. Uh, and what's interesting to me is you have someone like Jamie now, in order for her to stay at home, because now your child has to be on camera. Your child's going to be on camera. Child's going to be on camera from 8.30 in the morning until 3 o'clock in the afternoon. No way. For a fifth grader. For five days a week? Five days a week. Uh, you'll still get early release on Wednesday. Everything is mandatory now. Everything is mandatory. So this is going to be really tough for these teachers. Because before, the teachers were just kind of getting by because they didn't really have to check your homework, right? Now, you really have to pass fifth grade this time to get into sixth grade. Here's my concern. When you and I get on a couple Zoom calls in the morning and then get on a couple more Zoom calls during the day, I was just on a Zoom call at 5 o'clock tonight, my brain is scrambled. 
It is absolutely scrambled. I, I'm in physical pain from it. There are, there's all kinds of science out there saying that we have to, and we talked about this before, we have to be careful about young minds and screens and how damaging that is. This doesn't make it, this plan does not make any sense to me. You'd be better off telling parents, you know what? We're going to pump the brakes on school for six months. We're going to wait till a vaccine comes. And who knows? Maybe we'll have a vaccine here in November. Go play with your kids. Be with your kids. Be with your family. Read books. Hear some stuff. And we're not going to try to do this. We're not going to try to do this remote learning crap. Because that's really what it is. And for someone like Jamie, she has to make a decision. Does she stay at home with her daughter? Because you have to be very engaged. You have to be very, for tomorrow with my son, I'm going to have to be right by his side. You have to be a very engaged parent. Well, here's the thing no one's talking about is you barely figured out your first computer. <laughs> How is Don of the Ronadon going to manage two different computers with two different operating systems? You're, you're coming over in the morning. You're like, Mr. You, Ron's going to come I'm by I'm tech support just to check your email. Well, like imagine the, the remote learning software we're going to have. Well, let me ask you that. Let me, so tomorrow, Charlie is supposed to get his haircut at 8.30 in the morning. Charlie's a dog, by the you way. You know, he's supposed to get a haircut. Uh, and then also, I'm supposed to have some shower doors installed. And I'm supposed to start class, at Mr. Brendan's class, all at 8.30. So Good I might be that. calling Ron and the Ron and Don to come on over and give us some help. Coming back to this, though, let me say this. This is all falling down on the teachers. I pulled some teachers aside and I said, hey, let me ask you this. You guys, are, you, you guys are doing your very, very best. How, how many parents have come up and thanked you? None. None. I asked a gym teacher that's been at my son's school uh, for almost 40 years. How many parents have thanked you? One. One parent. How many of these parents are pissed off at you? A lot. Asking the, 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 the principal, how many of these parents are mad at you? Oh my gosh, they're taking it. They're killing me. So, so parents are taking it out on teachers. Teachers, on the other hand, have to do something that they've never been trained to do. They've never been trained to do this. And you think about what it's like to have 30 adults on a Zoom call. What's it like to have 30 kids on a Zoom call? And now you're responsible for all their testing and you're responsible for getting them to the sixth grade. It seems to me to be very impossible. And it didn't make any sense to me today to see over 500 kids out on a playground all playing and having a great time, and yet they can't go to school? That didn't make sense to me. And the principal, she stood there with her mask on, and she watched it. And you know what? She was probably thinking what I was thinking too. These kids haven't seen each other in a long time. These kids need kids. COVID-19 is not killing children. It's just not. And you know what? We're going to let children be children today. I'm telling you right now, please, don't take it out on your teachers. Please love on them. They are doing their very, very best. And they have been handed a shiznit sandwich. And guess what? Let's eat it. Let's help them eat it. Let's do our very best. Let's pair our asses off. And let's collaborate with them. Because before you know it, we're going to have a vaccine. Maybe November 1. In fact, let's come back and talk about that. It's the Ron and Don Show. Episode 153, you guys. Only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Hey, guys, it's uh, Ron and Don here for our friends at uh, Les Schwab. Have you ever heard about the Les Schwab Circle of Safety? It's really cool. If you go by there, they'll do a free pre-trip safety check, and they'll look at your shocks, your alignment, your battery, your brakes, and then they'll look at your tires, your tire pressure, and all that. And then they'll show you how all these things should work together. 
And then they'll explain to you what happens when they don't work together. Number one, it's pretty darn unsafe. And number two, you can lose a lot of gas mileage. And let's face it, a lot more of us are driving a lot farther right now because, well, we're not on planes, we're in cars, right? Yeah, you're taking a lot of road trips. When everything's working together, it, like you said, it is safer. You get better gas mileage, which means you're saving money. That's why I trust Les Schwab. Now, all you got to do is ask them to visually inspect everything for free. If anything needs a quick fix, they will make some recommendations for you. So schedule a free pre-trip safety check right now at leschwab.com slash Ron and Don, or stop by your local Les Schwab Tire Center. That's Les Schwab. Doing the right thing matters. When it comes to your real estate journey, Ron and Don can help you buy, sell, or invest in real estate. It all starts with a Ron and Don sit down. Hi, I'm Dan Martin. Hey, I'm Connor. My son wanted to get out of Pullman, and he was thinking, well, where could I live where I could be close to a ski area? He thought, well, let's start looking in Seattle. And it grown to trust the image of Ron and Don, you know, doing their, their advocacy for all the charities and stuff that they do. And I thought, well, they seem like good guys. Let's go for it. So I've got two Alaskan Malamutes. I was surprised how quickly, especially after meeting with Don, how quickly they kind of zeroed into what I was looking for. And being that it was a house for me and the dogs that they zeroed in on fence yard, basement access, if possible, it felt really good knowing that they were looking for what I was looking for or what we were looking for. We looked at our figures and looked at, at stuff. We thought, okay, we can afford to offer this amount. And we were way low. So when it came to this one, Ron and Don said, if we go in hot with a decent offer, and he learned that this house had an offer on it. He said, if we go in at this amount, we think we can jump ahead and have people close before uh, they intended to. And sure enough, it worked out. I don't think we would have like necessarily found this house or been as successful with another realtor or doing it without, I can't imagine doing it without a realtor. I don't think we'd have this house. If it hadn't been for Ron and Don, we wouldn't have gotten this house if they hadn't shown the energy and I guess using their skills and everything to make it happen. It wouldn't have happened. We would have still been looking around and every weekend being underbid. They seemed very enthused for uh, you know a deal to get done and for us to be successful. That felt really good. They were passionate and they, they were just honest and straightforward and uh, you know, I definitely would recommend them. When you're ready to sit down and strategize about your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at ronanddonsitdown.com. You're listening to The Ron and Don Show on the Ron and Don Radio Network, ronanddon.com. All right, you guys, episode 153, live from the Les Schwab Studios. Don't forget, we are licensed brokers at Windermere. A lot is happening. There's a shift right now in the real estate market. You want to talk about it? Let's sit down. It's ronanddonsitdown.com is the name of the website. That's ronanddonsitdown.com. You can see a picture of us with our Smurf arms. If you want to check that out, people in sand. We have some Smurf arms going on, which, at the end of the day, I take a moment really look at it. Can I just we say, do look like we have Smurf arms. That you are single-handedly bringing the jean jacket back, and I appreciate it. Thank you. You actually bought me a matching jean jacket. Yes. I have not taken the tag off because you're owning the look so strongly. Really? That if I try to own that look, <laughs> I feel like I'm co-opting your look. Like I literally have not even taken the tag off. Yeah. It's just hanging in the closet. Hey, hey so so my house, he's in the other room right now. We're going through puberty. Mm. So he's combing his hair now before he goes to bed. He combs it when he gets up in the morning. Nice. We're, we're very concerned about how we look. And we went to Gap today, and he wanted a jean jacket just like Daddy's jean jacket. Nice. How about that? So Chip off the old block. I guess so. So not only 
Um, I, I bring the jean jacket you, back, but little Junior in the other I, room, the 10-year-old, is bringing it back He's too. got a very distinct look, and he I does. like it. I yeah. like it, though. Okay. Like, I really do. Yeah. He's, he's got stylish shoes all the time. He's got a good look. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Nice uh, hats. Yeah. He's, he's a good-looking kid. So, uh, thank you for that. I think so, too. Anyway, um, hey, some good news. Maybe we're going to have a vaccine by November 1st. The CDC says, get ready. That's great news, especially for all the kids and the teachers in Seattle Public School and everybody else, because we want to get back to work. We want to get back to seeing all these restaurants, these businesses, everything's being destroyed and shut down. We want to get back to hugging people, shaking hands, hanging out in movie theaters, going to concerts, seeing Garth Brooks and not from our car, but actually seeing him up on stage. What's going on here? This is, this is great news. Are you pumped about it? Uh, I, I, I'm trying not to be too cynical about this. I want it to be true. Uh, you have pointed out uh, astutely that there happens to be a presidential election in November as well. Oh, that's so, right. uh, that's and the, right. the CD, almost every branch of government that has never been politicized is now politicized. Uh, and you see, you know, the Secretary of State doing campaign stumps. I mean, it's just bonkers. The, F- the FDA. FDA. So, like, all kinds of stuff has been politicized. I, I think there's clearly some uh logistical problems with this happening this quickly uh clinical trials typically don't get done in two months no. uh and you know everybody mocked russia for saying they're rolling out a vaccine without massive clinical trials so uh, i doubt it will be ready i think it, it's a it's a headline i think it's a political smokescreen right now to to get elections um so or to get votes um I do think there are some really good scientists and really good people behind the scenes that are kind of going around the system uh, to get this done uh, because we've just had such a botched effort uh, at the top line on this. So I I just don't think it's going to be done that quickly. So I do think we are going to see a vaccine. Uh, I've been reading up on some of the science. And so I do think we're seeing really good movement. Seattle is a hub for medical research in that regard. So there are people here in our own neighborhood that are working hard on this. I can't see an avenue where it's done by November. I I just can't. Uh, I think we're going to have this wave continue. The other thing that I read about and the director of the CDC is like, hey, everybody that like, you won't even do vaccines because you think it's going to lead to autism, which has been disproven a thousand different times. There's a worry that once we even get a viable vaccine, that there's going to be a huge group of Americans like, I don't do vaccines. Um, So everybody, please just pay attention to this. I trust Bill Gates more than I do the president or the CDC because he's actually privately funded uh, vaccines. So I'm going to continue to check in on GatesNotes.com. What's he saying? Because it seems like he started really getting battered in a lot of social media. And I'm not saying he disappeared, but we don't see him as doing as many interviews as he was doing. At the same time, you know he's right in the middle of it, right? Because the Gates Foundation has spent more money on vaccines and developing vaccines globally than any other initiative that's out there. Yeah, I'm just continuing to to check. I think it's gatesnotes.com. It is, yeah. uh, And read what what he has to say. I I do believe a vaccine's coming. I do believe that uh, it's going to happen. Um, I think it was idiotic to, to opt out of the WHO, as we talked about in last episode. But yeah, the CDC did make that announcement. I think it's it's more of a political vote grab right yeah. now than anything. I, I don't think it's going to be ready by November. Do you? Yeah. No. Are <laughs> you going to say anything about the pantyhose in my hand? Oh, what's going on with the pantyhose what do you in think, hand? What do you think this is? 
I think that's a f- that's a try on your shoes, and you didn't have any socks. Who do you think was trying on shoes today? Uh, I bet it was your. I bet you went back to school shopping. We did. Nice. Yeah. Uh, did you get some good gear? Uh, well, guess what? They don't, they won't give you a sock anymore because of uh, COVID and all that. Because I guess you get COVID sock or something. So they give you a pantyhose, and and this was a tough sell for the young man in the other room trying to get him to put on the pantyhose. So uh, when dude wasn't looking, we went ahead and just. Tried him on. Stuck the foot in the shoe. We're talking Fred Flintstone feet. I mean, his feet are almost as big as mine. They I grew, like it. They grew like three sizes. Good. Over. Yeah. What was it when you were growing I felt, up? I felt really bad because he couldn't keep up with me in the store. And I'm like, what is going on with you? What is it? And he didn't want to tell me that his feet had grown. And he felt really weird about it. And then when I took his shoes off, he had all these blisters. And I felt horrible. So get, get the boy some shoes. <sighs> Absolutely horrible. All right. So, so, growing so, up, so, so we, we got some shoes today. Growing but, up, what, because I, my, I come from a family with three kids. That's why I have this You guys had four kids. Yeah. We got here was our here was the the upshaw plan and I, I wonder how close it was to your plan. You would get two outfits and an outfit consisted of either a pair of pants or a pair of shorts. What were the pants? Uh, you would get a shirt. What were the pants? And and you would get a pair of shoes. Were the pants tough skins? And oh, were the no, tough no, skins no, no. have the reinforced knee and were they from Sears? PCH, pal. PCA, oh. Pacific Coast Highway. What about grapevines? Or the, Levi's. What about grapevines with the built-in belt? Gl- grapevines were in. Yeah. So we would get two outfits, right. two pairs of shoes. Yeah. That was, if you wanted a third shirt, no bueno. See, we, two and two. See, my brother and I would just trade shirts and pants, so it was like getting four outfits. Did you got were you guys sister, two and two as well? Yeah, my sister did the same thing. They were just we just trade clothes. And so I had no concept of like mixing and matching. So my brother started smoking weed in his, and then I would go to school as a very young man, like in sixth grade, smelling like weed and having like holes burnt in my granimals and my tough skins because my nice. brother had been smoking weed in the pants the day What's before. What's the uh, O'Neill budget now? <laughs> What's that? Is are you on a two outfit limit or does he no, we dropped like 600 today nice yeah but, i like it but hopefully that's just for the year but with these feet man growing I mean, fast we got a, we got we got in the, it looks like he got some nike bruins are the bruins back just some pretty sweet shoes yeah they're very I, cool. I have to admit i do buy him the clothes that i always wanted right and that's why he looks so cool <laughs> <laughs> Is working out my childhood like the rest of us parents on the Rod and Don show. All day on the Rod and Don Radio Hour. Hey, you guys, if you like our podcast, you might like another podcast. Uh, it's called GeekWire. And the cool thing about GeekWire is they cover technology and they cover all the big names. They do some incredible interviews with the likes of Steve Ballmer, Bill Gates. And I love their mantra, too. Their mantra is, what happens in Seattle? Well, it matters everywhere. It does. And I really like Todd Bishop. He runs the show over there. GeekWire is a website and a podcast. It drops every week on Apple, Stitcher, your favorite podcast app. Check these guys out. GeekWire, if you're into technology, if you want to be in the know for what's happening here in the big tech boom of Seattle, it's GeekWire. Ron and Don, from radio to real estate. When you're ready to grab a cup of coffee and sit down with the guys, go to ronanddonsitdown.com. 
All right, you guys, let's finish up episode 153 of the Ron and Don Show. Again, licensed brokers. Uh, just go to ronanddonsitdown.com and you can reach out to us uh, anytime. And again, our thanks to Les Schwab for sponsoring the Ron and Don Show this year. Uh, and stop by Les Schwab Tire Center. They'll take good care of you as we head into the fall, as we head into the rain, the snow. And uh, we're all still going to be traveling a lot here locally. So uh, leschwab.com, find one of those uh, 85 locations uh, near you. Cal Anderson Park, I think this story, it, 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 it really, as we look at this story, I think this is an issue. As cities talk about policing, defunding policing, somebody is going to have to step in at some point. And I know that the pendulum of justice swings. It's going to have to swing back to the center here a little bit when it comes to policing, especially when you look at the city of Seattle. People are being murdered with guns here in Seattle like we haven't seen in decades. There is a lot of property crime here right now that is going completely unreported. You would think that the heroin epidemic is over because nobody talks about it. Because the paper each and every day is just riding the Seattle Police Department and covering the Carmen Best story and everything else. At the end of the day, to me, this city right now does not feel safe. It does not feel safe. They've talked about taking 100 detectives and sending them back to patrol. But again, we were told six months ago that we didn't have enough cops here. And the cops that we did have here were the greatest cops in the world. And now some of these cops are being let go. Some of these cops are being fired. Some of these departments are being taken apart. And here's the deal. If you take 100 detectives and send them back to patrol, then who's going to do the work that those 100 detectives were doing? And a lot of times what they're doing when it comes to rape, do you care about rape? Do you care if somebody gets raped? Do you want to make sure that a rape kit gets looked at? Because here in the state of Washington, there's thousands of rape kits that haven't been looked at. So if that's important to us, and if, and if you took a lens and you started looking and really talking about women and rape in the same way that we looked at the Me Too movement or BLM, Black Lives Matter movement, you could blame this on cops and police departments too if you wanted to. So... We need to be real careful here. There are a lot of great cops out there. There are great departments out there doing great police work. There are great police officers that I know that have been in this business for decades now. And you would never see them on one of these videos. Or if you did see them on this, one of these videos, and only get eight views because it's typically them taking care of a lady walking across the street. So, let, me, let me reset the story because what happened, Cal Anderson Park, if you don't know, it's on Capitol Hill. It's very close to where CHOP was. It's also right across from the flagship store Molly Moons. A lot of boutiques right there. Very close to Seattle U, uh, which is... Uh, you know, a high tuition. It's great amenities. School, great, people that move to Seattle, amenities. you would move to this area because of the amenities that are in that area. And so yeah. what, what has happened is Callenderson Park is officially closed. And, but that doesn't stop dog walkers and people who want to exercise of using the park. Uh, it also has become a hub for a pretty large homeless community that is posted up in Callenderson Park. So recently... And, and I went there. It's where everyone lived during CHOP. Right. Everyone from yeah, CHOP. Everybody lived there during CHOP. And so you got to believe that those business owners, and there's a lot of high net worth individuals that live nearby there, condos there and single family homes are very expensive. And they all have Black Lives Matter signs up, even if they believe it or not. And so they put pressure to say, hey, we, the park is closed. Clean out the park. So a sweep was done from the park. And the community there said, we don't want police 
to be running security because we just had chop we don't want chop to electric boogaloo let's go ahead and do something different so they hired private security so the park is swept and understand when they swept the park they found things uh like weapons in there to hurt police they found shields in there they found explosives they found handcuffs they found uh drug paraphernalia all kinds of stuff yeah so the park is swept because it's officially closed and then the people immediately were like, well, that's where I live, so I'm going back in there. So private security is posting up, doing their job for private security uh, purposes. They obviously don't have the authority to arrest anyone. No, all they, private security do is call the police. So having private security is a bunch of... It's, that is so stupid. It so is what be, happened... It, it is beyond being dumb. So what happened is... They have no... They have, the people that want to live at Cal Anderson Park show back up to go to sleep yeah. and do whatever they're doing doing maybe sleep is a light term the private security is like we're here for private security you can't come back they said stop us they basically chased away the private security and threatened the private security and get the hell out of the park so private security they backed down they're like i guess we're leaving now which they're supposed to do they're supposed to do right they're supposed to so now the the same people that were just swept are back in the park private security has told everyone in capitol hill we're not coming back. <laughs> yeah. A, we can't enforce anything. We can't arrest anybody. You're not paying us enough to get attacked in the middle of the night yeah. uh, for overnight security detail. Uh, they're completely disrespecting our private security uh, uniforms. And so we're out. We're done. Contract over. We're not coming back to work. So now <laughs> I will pitch it back to you. That's where we lie right now. The homeless community has come back in, reclaimed. It's not the homeless community, Ron. These are a lot of these people, man, are freaking criminals. Let's not call them the homeless community. It's not fairless to the homeless. It's not fair to the homeless. It's just not. And what has to happen here, and this is what Carmen Best was doing, and it's what she did best, is she went to the Black Lives Matter movement and to the black community and said, hey, because I will tell you this, in, in the black community, especially the older black community, they want to be policed. They, want, they, they do not want the police department to go away in a lot of these communities. Uh, when you look at the Ocean District, which is that district, uh, where a lot of policing takes place, there, there, there may be young people down there that don't like the fact that cops are down there, but I tell you who loves the fact that cops are down there. You talk to some of the people that run some of those congregations down there, uh, older black families down there. They really pre- appreciate the fact that the police department is down there and that they're policing, and they see that as being important. So let me finish. What Carmen did, what Carmen did is she was getting the Black Lives Matter movement to say, hey, we want you guys to march. We want you to express yourself. We want to know what you want. We want there to be change. We want there to be change in the way that we police. And at the same time, you have to take these bad actors that are just showing up in conjunction with you and they say they're you. And then the next thing we know, they run through Bellevue Mall and boom. 97 of the folks that have run through Bellevue Mall have now been arrested. And as a result of their actions, uh, many of them are going to go to jail. And some of them are going to go to jail for quite some time. So that's how Bellevue is dealing with that. But here in Seattle and in Portland, where it's happening night after night after night, you have to have a police chief that can go out and walk on those streets and go to the Black Lives Matter movement and say, hey, we're with you, but we're not with the other people that are showing up here and are taking over your movement. And you guys need to help us. You need to police yourself in a sense. That was beginning to happen. That is all simply falling apart. Yeah, and so I, I just re- revert back to a thing you said earlier. The, the pipe bomb that was COVID-19. 
um, disrupted things to such a degree that it's very clear that we do not have a plan. And I don't think we had a cohesive plan as a community before COVID-19. Are you talking about policing or COVID-19? I'm talking about as a community because the homelessness issue is tied to crime, is tied to drug use, is tied to uh, a lot of other things. Black Lives Matter is an entirely separate overlay. You have the COVID overlay. You have unemployment. You have uh, the murder rate, these frustration. All of these things are are culminating. And the election. And the election, political unrest. All of these things are culminating right now. And basically, we have, you know politicians that are worried about getting reelected more than they are worried about solving real issues in real communities. And so I, I just look at this. This is a symptom. What we just saw there is a symptom. It is not the problem. And so to, you know, I'm not going to stand here and beat my chest and go law and order, law and order. Like, I don't think that's the answer. I think it's part of the answer, but I don't think it's the answer. I don't think meeting force with overwhelming force is going to solve anything. It's just going to make it metastasize in different ways. And so if we want to think about this, the way I think about it is solving homelessness is an issue. Addressing Black Lives Matter is an issue. Addressing people that are unemployed now in the service industry is an issue. Uh, Addressing affordable housing. All of those things have just become exaggerated right now. And so I don't blame those security guards. They go, this isn't worth my $15 an hour or whatever they're getting paid. Uh, You know, stand at Cal Anderson Park uh, overnight in, in the third shift. I don't blame them for going, hell no, I'm not going to do this. I'm out of here. No, let me, let me, let me tell you what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. The Me Too movement, has that fizzled out? Or did they just go in two years and it just took care of all the Me Too's? Kind of went away. The Black Lives Matter movement, when there's a vaccine found for COVID-19, when white people in this country go back to work, when the election is decided, The Black Lives Matter movement has to be very concerned about the fact that now you're going to have people back downtown. There's nobody downtown. I went downtown. There's nobody downtown. So people don't necessarily care about those businesses and those restaurants or even the the, the places that they would attend because they're not not down there. But now they're in their car. They go down there. They come out. It's 5 o'clock. And boom, there's a Black Lives Matter movement march. And I'm trying to get to a soccer game on the east side where my little Tommy. Well, they don't call kids Tommy anymore. So it's a bunch of crap. Yeah, where Aiden is over there playing. And guess what? Here I am in my Volvo 370 940 or whatever it is, whatever kind of Volvo you're in. Audi, Audi. With with, with 19 safety bags just in the driver's cockpit because you got to be safe up there. Uh, It's going to be different. And and we are no longer going to see the Black Lives Matter movements on church billboards up in Queen Anne and other places in white neighborhoods where we're seeing those right now. So this is the moment. And I think people within the Black Lives Matter movement, they feel that this is the moment. This is the moment. And this is where, number one, you've taken a stand. You've done a great job doing that. But now you have to let people know what you want. And it can't just always be beating the hell out of the police because... This, if we really believe that racism within our country is baked in, it's just baked into the police force. It's just baked into policing. It's not baked into other parts. You have the world's attention. Now it's time to do something about that.
All you do is clobber the police department and you clobber great cops like Carmen Best to the point where she walks away. She walked away. She walked away. And she was the greatest collaborator that we had here in the city of Seattle, in the Pacific Northwest, and in this damn country. And we lost her. It's the Ron and Don Show. Head up, shoulders back. We'll see you next time. Only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Hey, it's G-Force O'Neill, brains of this operation, and the voice of the Ron and Don Show. Well, that's it. Show's over. We'll see you next time on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Oh,